0: I've been, yeah. This is the Black Country Blokes tune, in the fat with me, Kev Dillon, Lee Cadman, Craig Pinches, and Orange. And tonight we're going to be talking about how about if circumstance hadn't gone in the way? How about if could have been dealt a different hand? How about if all the if, but, woulds and coulds have been in our favour? Because every time you go into a pub, we bump into somebody who goes, you know, I could have played for a professional football team or, I, you know, I could have been a great boxer, but. So we're going to be talking about what our actual dreams were. And I think through these 20 lockdowns that we've had, we actually think, am I happy at work? Or do I dread going to work? Or am I looking forward to going to work? So we're going to be talking about what our dreams actually were when we were children. And if we're any closer to, any closer to having them now, because life has got ways of throwing in. I mean, just before I get the other guys in, I mean, my dream was always to box, but because of my eyes I couldn't. So I went to the next best thing. I've become a coach, and I've dedicated my life to being a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had my successes through other people. So even though sometimes we don't get our own gold medal, we can still enjoy the gold medal itself. Does that make sense, lads?
2: Perfect sense.
0: So what about like, like, some of your your ambitions or whatever, Craig?
2: Oh mate, how long have you got? Mine changed. Mine changed depending on what I watched on the TV as a kid. You know, if I watched a a cowboy film, my dad, I wanted to be a cowboy. If I watched the boxing, I wanted to be a boxer. Like, I was influenced by what i seen. And as a kid, I think there's nothing wrong with that. You haven't got to have it all figured out. Um, With hindsight now, I look at it, obviously, wanting to do the music and and the the self-expression and stuff like that. I think I would have stuck to my guitar lessons when I was age 13. I I would have pursued the singing. I would have pursued it a lot earlier. Um, but that's the beauty of hindsight. I feel like I've lost a lot of years by giving up then, and you give up because life you, life takes its turns, and you think, "Oh, I'll cool, be awesome. I've got to learn this and the other." Um, but as a kid, mate, my, my dreams and ambitions was they just changed you know, like every ten minutes. My dad would say, "Even when I come down to your place, Kev, as a kid, my dad was still bang on about it." Now he bought us a, a pair of boxing. I bought him a pair of boxing gloves, a piece, and they only went three times. And then they quit and then they went back, he said that they stick to it. You know, and that was even coming down to your club when I was early teens or whatever it was. So it depends, like it depends what what i watched on the TV, I think.
0: <laughs> but I think trying things, new things, is a great thing. You know what I mean? Because I always say that like if Jasmine wants to do dance, boxing, cricket, it's great that she tries as many things as she can in life. But I think often in life, we've either give up because it was too difficult. We've give up because our peers didn't see it as being cool. And sometimes we've had a kid, we've got married, we've uh, had to go on the, on the tools. We've, we've put our dreams aside because we had to provide or we felt like we had to be someone else. What do you think, Aaron?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, again, life doesn't – one of the things we all know is life doesn't plan out the way that we think it does or, the, you know, the script that we're told is by our teachers or parents and stuff. Um, just to go and kind of answer the same kind of stuff as Craig, I, I get that influence. Like, it's pretty much what you're seeing on the television. You know, you're seeing your superheroes. Back then it was, for me, it was Sylvester Stallone, Rocky films, and it was a karate kid and it was a Van Damme. So I, I wanted to be the heavyweight champion of the world, but at the same time, I wanted to also kick uh, and be able to, like, you know, do kickboxing and stuff. So... I remember as a child, I used to suffer with um, like convulsions and fits, so my parents were quite reluctant in terms of putting me in any sort of like contact sports. So I had to do like jujitsu, which was like the last thing I ever wanted to do. I was like, "This is boring. I want to be kicking people in the face, and I want to be like (laughs) the world world champion." So that happened for a bit, but I always always wanted to try boxing. I never really picked up gloves until I was about sixteen, but when I picked it up, I picked it up quite well, and that was always something in me. Um, But it's always sports. Um, Football. I was like the first. And uh, this this is my this is about as far as my football career goes. I was the first year four to ever be selected in a year six team, which at that point is a, is a good good thing. And I always thought I could do good at football, but then my parents had other ideas. They sent me to grammar school where you play rugby, and I was like I was like this big and just getting pushed around and stuff. So yeah. sports was something that if I had it my way and I didn't have to go to grammar school and I could really just keep honing my skills, and I think I'd be involved in sports. Um, but but in terms of like now and and you speak about like finding are we happy in, in what we're doing now? I'd say 90% of the time I am happy in what I'm doing now. I think the transition in my life over the last five years has been to be my own boss. And this is going to sound really stupid, but it's to, it's to be a YouTube creator. And I find that maybe it's lockdown helping me, but I, there's something about when, I, when I'm able to create videos and just mess around on YouTube and stuff, knowing that my bills are paid through my work and having that flexibility of being my own boss, I feel like I'm at my happiest that I could potentially be, given all the circumstances. Obviously, I've lockdown and stuff. I control my days, so I don't have someone telling me what I can and can't do. If I want to shoot a video. I shoot a video. I have almost that creative spirit, if that makes sense. Um, and I and I'm more so, you know, I'm not stupid or naive enough to know that my sporting career is pretty much gone. You know, that there, there is there's people out there who do it from a very young age. So I know I never master anything there. So it's just about adapting, really. And like you said, Kev more things you can do. So I'm trying new things like video editing. I never thought I'd enjoy that. I never thought I'd enjoy podcasting up until like three years ago. So I I'm, <laughs> mean, I'm, I'm in a very, very like fortunate place. But if things were different, oh mate, I, I'd love to be kicking ass like Van Damme. That, that would have been the dream. <laughs>
0: but isn't it for this, some people can stamp on dreams. So I remember having, um, I couldn't box me, I was broken. And then is it a careers counsellor come in and they ask you when you want to be when you've grown up? that would be about 14. Uh, and a, a teacher or a so-and-so come in and they said, like, what do you want to be? And I went, I want to be a reporter, I want to be a journalist, I love... And I went, with your eyes, no, you'll have to go and go benefits, you'll have to go in. And I, I went, you are. And it, it was like, that a blunt, you you will not succeed. And I was stuck in my mind, I, I'm barely reading right because of my eyes. And then look what we're doing now. So even though I couldn't box, I'd become a coach. And then... I couldn't be a journalist, never started podcasting, and then we're knocking on the doors of other avenues. You know what I mean? So I think sometimes we're put off by you can't, but then it's, well, if I can't do that, what can I do? Am I going to back down from the race altogether, or am I going to find another lane of getting to the finish line? And I think that's how we've got to take the hurdles. By By any means necessary, I'll get over it, under
2: it, around it, or through it. Mate, I think, like, going back to what you said, you know, when, when people think it's not cool, i try and teach my son now because he loves his gaming. And I'm torn between what's healthy for him and and, and stopping him doing it because I know it's unhealthy for him to be on it 24-7, but letting him enjoy it. And I said, Troy, he's good at drums. I mean, from the age of six, he's been naturally good at drums. He can read music, you know, and that, like, his first drum tutor, he's not got one at the moment I'm teaching him and I don't even play drums um so that's going to be an achievement if he turns out to be some (laughs) travis barker but i said to him i said troy even though you're not feeling it right now do it because you know when you're 15 16 you might want to do it because i mean my mom and dad bought me a guitar when i was about 14. i still got it now it's all sentimental value not a crazy expensive guitar probably would have been about 160 180 quid back in back in them days um and i was taking guitar lessons at school and my mates took the mick out of me and I was singing with my uncle, my uncle's a rock and roll singer and I'd get to the pubs at, and I'd be on the stage for, for the age of eight and I'd be singing to, to crowds. Um, and my mates always took the mick out of me when I got to my, my later to say 15, 16, 17, and I stopped it because of peer pressure. And I'm at 32 years of age Now I'm kicking myself because I think I've outgrown them friends or we, we no longer mix. We haven't done for 10 years. And they're still doing what they were doing back then. And I'm trying to catch up on what I should have been doing back then. So I think it's important to look into the future. And then, then people may not particularly be with you in the future when you want to be doing this. So learn it now while you're young is a lesson i teach myself now. What do you have to say, Lee? Yeah, I think, I think you're, you're all right. But
1: I mean, uh, the... I think your your circumstances and what happens to you during life is gonna is gonna be is gonna change your life for good and bad. You know, um when when my youngest was born, you know, we know she born lively with in disability, that obviously rocked my world and it was unexpected and that curtailed me. But coming to where I am now, like if you'd have asked me five years ago when we found out all this news and this information, at that time I was fully into work, doing crazy. I was, um, you know, not really, not really living a healthy lifestyle at all, just work, 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 and not really paying attention at all to my family. And to, so it was something bad, though, that's happened. Now I've come round and actually I spend a lot more time with the family, a lot more time at home. I really don't worry about money as much anymore. Don't worry about all that. And that all came about off a bad situation. And it is those those things and how you handle them that can change the circumstances of where you're going.
0: But I remember when we were teenagers, Lee, you were always a chef, weren't you? And that's where you were gonna go. And then you go well, into I the did. pubs and then you go into this and
1: But again, Kev, that was just that's my nature, just to always keep building, keep going on. I still struggle now with, with holding that back if I'm honest, I still struggle now going actually I need to be spending time at home and not doing that. But and that was just a progression. So I went from chef, I went to head chef from now, what what do I do now? Okay, well let's let's see if I can run one of these places. Went to that and then it was just a natural natural thing for me to do to keep pushing and moving forward. But I think sometimes like now I'm pretty just set, stagnant and sometimes there's nothing wrong with that at all.
0: I, uh, I have for to remind
1: myself of that. We
0: are saying that yesterday, well, my sometimes it's not being stagnant, sometimes
1: being content
0: is one of the greatest things we can ever have, isn't it? When you go in, you know what, at this particular moment, I'm happy. You know, maybe we like, as we're doing, we're moving on with this and we've got big things coming, but if we don't, you look at yourself and you go, I'm actually happy. I'm happy mm-hmm. with my family, I'm happy in this house, I'm happy with me. And sometimes isn't that the greatest thing we could ever be, being content?
1: But if I you think... think about that, sorry. If you think about that, Kev. Ultimately, if we yeah. hadn't have all suffered some kind of mental illness, we wouldn't be sitting here now doing this, and it's not. And then it wouldn't have led on to what what we're going to do as well. And when, you know, and that's all just from from simple, you know, just from going through something. It's going to change the course of our lives, which will potentially change the course of other people's lives as well.
0: And I think most of you've been through being physical mental experiences of them, football, rugby, judo, archery, you've got lots of different experiences then. So it's like you, you're a very good reader, aren't you? You read all the books. And if someone says, um, have you read the Harry Potter? You go, in my opinion, I didn't like them. I prefer Lord of the Rings. You've got actual knowledge then, but when you're trying to tell someone and you go, I don't think I'd like it, you don't actually know. So I think more experience you can have, good and bad, more of a grasp
2: we have on actual life. I think, like, you, you've not got to, again, the contentment side of things. I mean, when I'm going through, pulling myself through the mill, if I'm burning the candle at both ends and it's, I'm trying to do this and my ambition and drive's getting out of balance, I sometimes do wish, and I say it to my partner, and I say, I wish I was one of them guys that could go do a nine-to-five come back, have eight cans, and do it again the next day, watch a bit of telly and be happy. You know, that that feeling don't last too long because I think the drive in me just wants to run my own course and, and change the course of my family history. And I think with, with things like, you know, like you say, Kev, not knowing, I oh, flipped me, I've done, done what that guy did last night and forgot where I was heading with the story. But like <laughs> contentment, you know, it there's nothing wrong with being content if you're happy with being content. You know, if you're sitting there scrambling and, and thinking what, What can I do in life? I feel everything that I do or want to do or as wanted, you know, I've wanted to do in in the past is I've all had a commonality and that is to make people feel better, whether it's through laughter, through music, through entertainment and help people. I advocate for making a life easier for everyone. And no matter what I've chose, whether it's my writings, whether it's my music, whether it's the podcast, they all seem to share that common theme of wanting to help people, you know, enjoy life a little bit more?
0: I, I think someone who's really content, every person who I've met who, who honestly is content, they're not just saying, they sleep loads better, you know what I mean, they're not fretting about everyone else, they're not fretting about work, they're not, they just put their head to the pillow and they nod off. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Mate, i I like like I say, i'm I regret the past because I they stick to it. I'm nervous of the future in case I don't learn enough in the present to take me in the future where I want to go. So you're constantly bouncing between past, present, and future, and it's unhealthy. I mean, I work with a bricklayer, and I always ask people's story, you know whether it's the guy that you know in in the doorway of a shop homeless, I'll stop and I'll ask the story because that's more important to me than. Let's say just giving them something or ignoring it. But the bricklayer I worked with, I'd say to him, "What you know? Did did you always want to be a bricklayer?" And he said, "Funny you should say that, Craig." He said, "No, I wanted to be a farmer." He said, "But I fell into a YTS, a young youth training scheme, I believe it was uh, back in the day." He said, "I fell in there and ended up working for the council." He said, "And I have stuck to that for forty years." He said, "Bro, I always wanted to be a farmer. I didn't want to be a bricklayer, but I fell into it, and then it just became my normality then. And how many people must have, uh, have got like an old candle still inside them thinking, I wanted to be the Olympics, I wanted to be an astronaut, I wanted to be this, but circumstances took them in that direction. It'd be interesting to hear some people's stories, actually. I
0: mean, wanting to do something and a dream on its own is useless without the hard work need hard work, a bit of luck, but that determination to keep doing it. But I think, like, we, the kids were like at the club, and I'm always talking to the kids, and they go, and I go what do you want to do when you leave school? They go, I don't know. And I went, you're 16. Try things. Go and do arts. Go and do mechanics. I went, there's not many people I know who left school and are still doing it to this day. I can carry them on one hand. You know what I mean? And I think what we try to make these kids do is, what are you going to do forever? I don't know. I'm 16, hopefully i live for another 70 years. So try, and if you fail, it's great. Failing is one of the best ways of learning. And I said this simply at one of our meetings when I was down tough enough to care. We've got to learn from when we were babies. If we give up every time we tried to walk, we'd all be crawling. You know, no one ever gone, you know what, this walking's too bloody hard, I'm just gonna crawl to get everywhere. We persevere and we persevere, and that's why we're all walking. That's where we're all talking. We make mistakes, we fail, but eventually we get there in the end. So don't think, use failure as a negative.
2: I think like that, That saying that, Kev, is we automatically expect kids to pick a career at 16, go to college, see it through, then uni, and pick it. But as you grow as a person, I mean, me, when I left school, 15, 16 years of age, I achieved my, my short-term goals. I didn't see them as short-term goals. I just... I wanted to get a job when I left school and I wanted to drive. And I did that. I left school in 2005. I'd passed my test in 2006 in the May. So September, I was old enough to drive. I passed in the May. Um, And I I believe I was the first person in my year to to pass his test. So that's quite a short period of time. So looking at that, I, I was successful. Like straight out of school, I achieved the goals I wanted to do. It was just... I had no like plans beyond that, which is probably what led me to where I am today. But you haven't got to have it all sussed at sixteen, you know. If if getting a car is your overall goal, do it. I'll pass within a few months. I just they have no um, plans after that, which is my mistake, I suppose.
3: <laughs> what have you got to say, Aaron? Um, I want to talk, touch on something actually that you guys mentioned earlier. Um, again, all valid points. What you were saying there. And this actually come off the back of um, a conversation I had with Tristan, who was obviously part of um, one of our shows as well a few weeks ago. And um, it's, it's actually what, what you and Lee were saying about being content and being happy. I never quite understood that if I'm being honest in terms of, I always use that analogy of you're either going forward or you're going backwards. So there was always a thing in me that if I stop still, I'm regressing in life and I'm not moving forward. So I was never really present. I was always kind of chasing something in the future and, and he got he got me thinking because obviously he spoke about his story which is which is a great episode if anyone wants to go back and listen to that and he he explained that sometimes we already have the best of a lot of stuff in life for example every one of us here and everyone watching this today already has the best of something whether that's your the best mom in the world the best dad in the world the, you know the best spouse in the world or the best child or I don't know, maybe you are set up in your room, Wh- whatever it is. There's something I, g- I guarantee you, every single one of us, especially if you listen to this show and you have the fortune of having internet and stuff, that you've already got the best of something. The problem that I suppose I- I'm guilty of is when you put something else fancy into the atmosphere that you want to go and chase and aspire to get, you instantly forget about the beauty that you already have. A- and it kind of comes down to living in the present, which I learn a lot from Lee, obviously, when he speaks, and you can see how his life has changed, but also being grateful, like gratitude. And and I think if any if anyone takes anything away from today, and even including myself, it's being grateful for all of the best things we already have in our life. And it, as a worst case scenario, if we don't achieve our dreams, like our young dreams as as a child, and they don't happen in the future or even now, we still probably have some of the best things in the world. So yeah, that that just got me thinking. I just thought with the conversation I had yesterday and what you guys are saying now, it really makes me think that I have so many best things in the world. And yes, it'd be great to add, you know, to that list, but. You know, I'd be happy either way.
0: Well, we had someone at our, um, our, our group meeting last night, which went brilliant, by the way. And obviously, mm-hmm. I won't say names. <clears throat> but someone said something brilliant to him. As you're saying, being grateful. He says, the first thing you do when you wake up, what do you do? You open your eyes. So be grateful that you can see. Be grateful that you're still alive. Then you roll out of bed and your feet hit the ground. You can still walk. And it's these little things that we take for granted. Uh, all these little signals that bounce around our head. And uh, we haven't got to think about my left foot goes into my right foot and breathe in and breathe out and pump the blood. So we do so many things naturally. And if you have got a loved one who you live with, your daughter, your son, your husband, your wife, be grateful again. As you jump into the shower, we live in England. So we've got hot running water. But these are things that we take for granted. But maybe, you know, just in that split moment, going, you know, it ain't too bad.
2: And it could always Absolutely. be a lot worse. Mm. Mr. Absolutely. Cadman? Sorry, Craig. Now nah, you carry on, mate. I was just filling a the void then. <laughs> yeah.
1: Lee? Hey. Yes. Oh, sorry. I was bringing <laughs> up messages. <laughs> <laughs> I ignored all what you just said.
0: <laughs> say, say it again, Just say the beauty of being grateful about the smallest things, from opening I mean, your eyes in the morning to putting your feet on the ground to hot running water
1: flushing toilets. Yeah, it's right, and you forget all that, don't you? You know, there's there's people out there who don't don't have vanilla. There's people out there who are not going to wake up tomorrow. Um, so you have got to be grateful for it. But you know, you've you've also, um, I presume it's your dad or or your mom. Kev has has just written. You must enjoy your success, then move on to the next challenge. We mm-hmm. where we go wrong is we don't allow ourselves to do this. We're too afraid of failing. And I think, sometimes, you know, you've got to remember, even if you if you, you do fail, it just takes you down another route as long as you carry on.
0: And I think what Dad was trying to say then as well, sometimes we succeed and then we're on to the next thing too fast. Instead of yeah. going, you know what, guys? Well, we're, we're in the Express install. Star. This is brilliant. But then we've got to think, well, how about now we've got to get in the sun? Now we've got to get on the news. Now we've got to have our own uh, last leg show. Instead of just going, you know what, guys? In 18 months, we're doing this. We've got a studio in the real world. We'll be back there. We've um, we've polished our skills. We've got better at doing this. So when we move on to our next few stages, we've had our mock exams, our GCSEs. We've done our apprenticeships. and know it's rock and roll, but we're always going. What next? Instead of just going, let's enjoy this for a bit. Yeah.
1: And you when it enjoy comes, the process.
0: Enjoy the process. It's not about the destination. It's often the journey. To spend longer on the journey than the destination, to enjoy it, and get there and go, you know what? Let's have a picnic before we go up the next hill.
3: Absolutely, absolutely, Kev. Can, all right, let, let me ask you, you guys, a question. Then I'll, I'll throw something in here. For the next five years now, what? Where do you see see yourself, or what would you like to happen in five years for yourself? So I'm gonna go. I'll go around the room. I'm gonna take over for a second. We'll start with Lee. Let's throw him off a little. Oh, bit. Oh,
1: mind easy, nothing you know what so you'd be happy with the exact
3: same position
1: i have spent most my life in business planning for the next five years or planning for the next three months or planning for this or planning for that Uh, i'm not interested in it now you know don't get me wrong like there is certain things that i'd like to do but i'm not going to put it down in the plan um not not for the not for the time being maybe next year maybe in, in six months but at this moment I'm quite happy.
3: Good, good. Craig? Mine would
2: be, um, I sort of get what you're saying there, Lee, it, you know, planning and, and really reaching for it and working for it. Mine would be, believe it or not, it's probably to live similar to where you are, Aaron, financially free, don't have to ask anyone's permission to, to leave for the toilet and, uh, you know, take annual leave and things like that, and enjoying life because I can... Navigate around my time a little bit better because I'm not, you know, I'm not in debt and I'm not reliant upon a nine to five to earn my money. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I want to be able to make my own things happen. So mine is more financially free under my own terms. That's my plan for the next three to five years.
3: You'll get there, mate. And Kev,
0: mine, my natural thing is I want to be the best of whatever I can do. So I want the club got like my, my home, the Lions. I want to have ABA champions. Obviously, they're a bonus. going to be great if I could get my lads to uh, the 2024 Olympics. That's brilliant. But I want to be doing as best coach I can be, giving as best family life as I can be. Again, this is as big as we can get it. I want to be spreading it to as many people. I want to be doing more seminars at the club where we can uh, be doing mental health first aid, where we can do support groups. Maybe for the service people, be it police, nurses, doctors, firemen, window cleaners, youth offenders, ex-convicts. Because, as we always say, no matter what colour your skin is, what sexuality, whether you're seven foot two or two foot five, mental health can get us all. So I think now the ball's rolling, I'm I'm one of them. Let it snowball and see where it takes us. What's the point in having dreams? Unless we're going to try and make them come true. Mr. Jew.
3: What's yours? <laughs> I, was, I was just going to kind of conclude there. Like um, am based on your three answers there. Like how different our dreams are now in our period of life. Whereas as kids, it was kind of like, you know, music or kicking people in the face like myself and Boxing, <laughs> for example. Like, It's it's strange how we've kind of, I think there is that level of contentment, contentment in what we're doing now. Maybe that's based on age and experience and stuff. I have, mate, I have so many goals for like the next five years, but, to keep it more specific, obviously with this, I think we are now seeing the snowball effect play its part in terms of, you know, from where we sat in, in, in the cold gym with a mobile phone to now where we're going, hopefully in the future, you know, that, that that's one of the best feelings in the world, especially given that we haven't segued from our initial purpose. Um, the, the same even with the, with the health business with me and my wife, that is a big thing as well, knowing it can help people. So yeah, I mean my goals are a lot different but again be my own boss and stuff. I'm so grateful for that like as you mentioned Craig and stuff. So it's it's strange it's strange because I'm I'm still ambitious. I'm still 100% ambitious but they're not as they're not the goals that I probably would have thought I would have had at the age of 20. Like if worst case scenario it's like how Lee says everything's exactly the same then then I'm happy with that as well. So actually yeah. maybe I'm more content than I actually thought.
0: And I think that's it. Like, if nothing else happened, like we're still going to do this no matter what. Of course. you know we, we, We've been happy doing it. It's been a counselling for us. Um, I've always got the gym, even though we've been closed for the best part of the year, but I'll, I'll always be a coach at heart. And so as long as my family and the health, and I'm dry, and I'm fed, I'm content in that. But I, I think ambition is great. It's like, Ego is wonderful, but ego needs to have humility in it. Ego without humility, have I said that word right? Humili- uh, humility, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. If you haven't got that, it becomes arrogance. So, we need to have that ego of, I want to be the best I can be, but having that humility to say, I make flaws, I flamingo up, I'm still a man.
2: There's, um, there's, I listened to a book and it was one by. I believe Robert Green, I think his name was, and 50 Cent, he partnered with 50 Cent and it's called the 50th Law of Power, I think it is. And he said in that, there's the difference between ego. You've got, you know, a lack of ego, you've got ego and then you've got over ego. A lack of ego is where you don't take opportunities, you don't take risks and this, that and the other, you're very reserved. Ego is a fine balance and egotistical is bad. So you need to find that fine balance. And I think with us all growing, you know, I feel that to grow, I can't rest on my laurels. Like you said before, we don't, or, or your dad said, Kev, that we don't give ourselves enough time to bask in that success and, and sort of say, right, let's enjoy this now for what it is and move on to the next. I'll find that if I rest on my laurels and I stay, stagnate, I'll become complacent and then time before I know it the grains of sand have, have slipped away from me. And I think, wow, maybe I've enjoyed that a little too much. You know, I've I've enjoyed that success for the last three years. And, you know, by then the world's moved at a, at a rapid pace. But I think it is important to do that. But you've got to have the the right amount of ego to stay balanced, to seize opportunities, but not, you know, overly play your part. Because I know a lot of people do. They, You've got imposter syndrome and then you've got flipping... I don't know, you've got sort of, sort of like a dictatorship mentality that I deserve that and that's mine and this and the other. And you've got to find that balance, like with anything in life, don't you? Well,
0: how many empires have been built on the back of ego? Or how many have crumbled on the same thing?
2: <laughs> it, it, it's right. It's arrogance and stuff like that. And there was, a, it's like the writing on the wall, again, another 50 cent book uh, is Hustle Faster, Hustle Harder or whatever it's called. They said that writing on the wall came from an old um, time where a king was basically enjoying his time partying and enjoying it to the point that he was above everything. And he, he parted in this sacred place, and the sacred place provided a warning, and it was like, your days are numbered, and this and the other. And his ego took over, and he was like, I'm the king, and I'm this, and the other, or the emperor, and nothing's going to happen to me. And it did. His down. His demise came at the end of whatever, and that's where the term the writing on the wall comes from, like an old king story. And you think if you're if you're modest in your successes and you you don't overplay your part, but you're still looking for growth, I think that's that's what we all need to do as a poet. Don't stagnate and don't overly overly do yourself because either one of them is out of balance.
0: Have we had any comments coming by the way Lee?
1: Uh, yeah, I've been bring, putting them up on the screen, Kev, so there's no questions as such, so I'll just leave. I'll just put them up on the screen when, when they're coming. Is,
0: is there anyone like who wants to say hello or a shout-out to anyone? No, out, uh, it's well, it, and It's not what you said, though. It's like an, a, a motto I've learned have my later life.
2: You enjoy the good times, you deal with the bad times. Yeah, like, you know, if you're over... If you get, I think we mentioned this before, or someone mentioned it before, about don't get too excited about the good times and don't get too ill depressed about the bad times because each one has, has an opposite. You've just got to wait. It's like, let's say, the stock market. I've been doing a lot of research into the stock market, and the stock market, you know, it has a level of volatility and it's up and it's down and it's up and it's down. And then when it finds its balance, you know, that stock could continue and continue and continue you know, and just fluctuate, but that's life. If you get too excited about, unless you're, you're day trading and you're short selling and, you know, you're buying, if you get too excited about the peaks, you're going to forget what it's like to be down here. So then when you actually do come down here, you're you you going to put yourself out of balance. And just the same, if you're too low and you, you just, you know, keep yourself in that low position and you really embrace that as, well, this is me. You know, it's like you're out of Winnie the Pooh. You know, thanks for not noticing me. You become that natured and you don't look to any peaks. So you always have to. It's like that, that metaphor when they say about the life machine. Dip, dip, dip. It has up and down. If you go in a straight line, you know, you, you're dead, pretty much. But well, this is what
0: was going to bring me back to what we originally on about. And I'm, I'm going to pass you around the room. Your name, and it could be your family, it could be a teacher one person who really lit the fire under your arse for success and someone who really tried to dampen it. it. Aaron? I'm
3: ready. Quick, Ben. Um, Okay, Um, so I'm sure he meant it in a nice way. I'd say my old biology teacher, he told me basically to drop the subjects I chose to do because he said I wasn't clever enough for him uh he, actually he was actually right I wasn't great at science but um but later on <laughs> friendly enough I actually become much better at it because again I, I find it's easier to learn stuff when you're interested in it and I just became more interested in it as I grew up um but the person who really I suppose, suppose made me believe in myself was somebody who I've mentioned many times he was um I had a placement during my uni um days and, and we were doing a, a, an icebreaker and we were sitting in an icebreaker where you sit next to the next person and you have to say something interesting about that person to the, to the rest of the room. So you're effectively int- introducing each other. And when we were getting to know each other, he was like, what's interesting about you that I can tell the audience? And I was like, well, there's nothing interesting about me. And um, anyway, we, f- we finished that whole session and then he pulled me to the side and he, was, and he, he basically kind of gave me like this pep talk that you see on like movies where he's like, how can you sit there and say there's nothing interesting about you? And I was like, well, I'm just, just a normal guy. And anyway, he reeled off all these nice, compliments and stuff and he, he basically kind of gave me that thing again similar to like the ego stuff in terms of if you don't go out and blow your own trumpet nobody else in this world will and also the stuff he told me it just gave me I don't know a bit of a bit of confidence to actually believe in myself a little bit more and you know I, I know during that placement then that eight, them 18 months he massively had an impact on me mm-hmm. I had much better jobs after that so I'm always in kind of debt. I always see him as like one of my first mentors in life and I'm always grateful for just that five minutes of conversation. I mean, he probably don't even know, to be honest. I've never, I don't even know if I've actually told him that, but yeah, he definitely lit a fire on my ass. And I think many of us think we our lives are boring or we're not exciting, but I think most people's lives, 24 hours a day are pretty boring. It's just the more you see it, the more you kind of just resonate with it, I suppose.
1: Lee? I <clears throat> uh, uh, the think there's two people who've really pushed me on. That's my, my dad and my granddad when, when he was alive. So my dad just—he's just everything was when I was younger. It was everything was simple. Um, so I will go to him, and go. Oh, I've got this job opportunity. I've got this. I'm gonna. You go. Do you want to take it? I'd go, yeah. He'd go, go and do it then. Some the matter with you? Go and do it. Uh, and that was enough. And my granddad was was very much the same. Um, but in terms of people holding back, I don't think anyone would have ever, to be quite honest. It was always it'd have always been myself. There'd be no one got in my way if I wanted to do it. And there's a one name you know I I don't get discouraged by other people
0: that's a great skill to have
1: though isn't it I don't I don't think it's just I think like I think I was just born uh, more uh, naturally positive I don't know whether that's but I think I think it's a skill
3: mate I think think you're not giving yourself credit you're not giving yourself
1: credit I've always been the same I think my looks always been that way
3: Mm. I think most most of us well except for Lee I, I think our worst enemy is often ourselves definitely
1: yeah Hmm. that's what I was saying I don't think anyone
3: anyone
1: else
2: could yeah Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely it would be myself Craig yeah I think even what you just said there Aaron which probably leads me into to sort of like myself and you know me talkative like there's a number of answers there there's who's inspired me everybody and nobody in the same breath and I'll explain that in a sec The first person to really light a fire under my arse and think you need to grow up now um, and do something with your life was my eldest son. You know, I was 23 years of age. I'd been living willy-nilly and not really paying attention to any part of the future, just taking it as it comes. Um, And then when he was born, you know, greatest day of my life, he made me a dad. And I often tell him, you're my best friend. You've made me something that nobody else ever will. My 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 second son made me a dad again, but you made me a dad. I said you changed my life and my outlook on on life, um, and the way I see it now is I achieved greatness in 2012 when he was born, and I achieved greatness in 2017 when my second was born, and that taught me that I can achieve greatness. It just takes on different forms. Um, in regards to everybody and any and nobody, I think ultimately. I'm the only one that inspires me and keeps myself inspired. And I'm the only one that puts myself down, kind of like you, Lee. But I also look at people like my dad and my dad, you know, going through the mill at the minute. And he, he did well by his family, stood by his family, you know, and he still does. And I always say it, and I feel slight disrespectful when I say it, but I don't mean it in a dis- disrespectful tone, is I don't want to live my dad's life and I don't want my kids to live my life. So I'll work hard and hard and hard. So as I haven't got to be 50 odd years of age, really going through the mill with, with, no, with no assets, with nothing to leave my children. And I mean that with the utmost respect to my dad. Um, but I don't want my kids to live the life I live and have to work for the people I've worked for. and the, You know, so ultimately I inspire myself and I also bring myself down. But my son was the first one to light the, the true fire under my when I was 23.
0: It's funny, isn't it, Eddie's people, uh, I think it's the same with all of us, like some people have had impact being bullied or having people tell us, no, 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 I mean, we're lucky all here, we've, we've got great families. But it's amazing how many people I know, and because they've been surrounded by your rubbish, you're never achieved, and they've been thrown on the scrap of the whole life, it's very difficult if you've been told you are a certain way all of your life, you start to believe it yourself. So, be mm. your coach, your brother, your whoever it is, there is something remarkable in you. It's just finding it, you know, and that's what life's all about. But, um, has anyone got anything else to say? Or um, should we advertise?
1: No, you answered uh, the question, Kev. You no, answered yeah, your own yeah, question, mate. to be fair. For well, me, saying. I mean,
0: <laughs> I'm very lucky. I've got the world's best family. And uh, for every person who said I couldn't do something, my mum, my dad, my brother, my aunt, my granddad, told me I could. And that's why I've always, succeed, uh, you know, hooker by a crook, I'll do it. If I can't do it the right way, I'll find a way to do it. I was naturally used to doing press-ups. So I used to put my, my knees on the settee and i do press-ups. And by the end, up doing clapping press-ups. I was doing one-handed press-ups. I persevered. I've never been frightened of not being able to do it because I was used to not being able to do it. So I had to work bloody hard so we could do it. Um, Mr. Mackenzie, my geography teacher at Crestwood, remarkable bloke, unfortunately died um, before I got to take him out for a beer. I, I always dreamt to take him out for a beer. Remarkable man. Ge- geography teacher, hated geography, loved him, so I took his class and he got me a seat. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's been loads of negative people in my life, like with education, these people telling me you can't, you can't. But I was lucky I had love. And a bucket of courage. And had that determination. Because so I was used to having to ask for help. Which way to the toilet? So how to you read that? So asking for help's never bothered me. So I've always had the courage to accept it. And as hard as stuff is, I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be bloody tough. So I do it. That's always been my philosophy in life. Either you do what you do You do what you don't. You walk through the door or you sit on your arse. So I'm the first one through the door. So I'm blessed. I've had love in my life. You know what I mean? I've had love and courage. And that's all I want to give my Jasmine. Confidence will come if you've got courage. The first time in my life as a 37-year-old man, and people who've known me all my life have always said I'm confident. I haven't been. In the last, I don't know, three, four years, I can honestly say now I'm confident. But I've always been brave. I'd give me courage over confidence any day. But <laughs> by the grace of God, now I've got them both. But I'd say, as long as you believe in yourself, the confidence will come. You know, and surround yourself on positive things. Deal with the bad times and enjoy the good times. And no matter how bad the tough times are, the good times will come back. Anything you guys want to say? I'll
1: just uh, drop out a support group in here, Kev, while we're at it. So we did our first one on Wednesday, which was absolutely brilliant. Um, and we're going weekly now. So every Wednesday we'll have a men's support group at the boxing club you do have to book in just because of Corona. We are limited to 15 places at the moment. And believe me when I tell you they're filling fast. So if you'd like to book in, contact us on the black country blokes at gmail.com.
0: And this is in person because we've had a bit of confusion and it's probably our fault. We won't be doing it like we're doing it now, we'll be at the club. You'll have your temperature taken at the door. There'll be no paperwork. You go up, we have to wear masks all the seats were two metres, hand sanitizer. Um, Lee will make the coffees, bring them over to you. So we're doing our best to make it as safe as we can. And at the four of us, three of us attended last night with the lads. And wasn't it lovely having face-to-face contact with human beings who weren't at the supermarket, who weren't in your house, and just sitting there having a chat?
1: And that's it, Kevin. There's no – you can come and listen. You can come and listen to like-minded people. There's no pressure to talk until you're ready. You, you, know, just come and have a come and have a listen if you need if if you feel comfortable doing that.
0: And if it's not your cup of tea, and you go, you know what, I'm not enjoying it. It's not going to hurt our feelings. You just get up and say it's not for me. And it, you, know, we're all about the good. If it's not for you or you're not comfortable sharing, that's fine. You've got to find your medicine in this, and hopefully. This can be the medicine to a lot of people. And once again, massive shout out to our brothers, tough enough to care we've gone into partnership with, and, you know, we're going to be working a lot with them in the future. So God bless you. So quote Tuesday, time. what, sorry?
3: I was going to say it's time for the quote, isn't it?
0: Well, on Tuesday, <laughs> our usual time, we're going to be joined by Ryan. Sorry, Ron, I can't remember your last name. But he's going to be coming on talking about childhood trauma, and he was dealt with it and got on in his life. So I've spoken to him; great chap, uh, and it's going to be a, a good story, you know, a deep story. But you know, it's a story that unfortunately so many people have gone through. So, who's going to do the quotes?
2: Uh, I, I was expecting my name to be through really <laughs> quick, Aaron. Um, I have actually got one: the 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 ghost who, you know. What, what did you want to be when you're older and this and the other? And I wrote it quite a while back. And it's, if your dreams seem unrealistic to those around you, change those around you, not your dreams.
0: So until we see each other next time, take care of yourselves and each other. ta Listen,
1: listen, listen.
0: And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you'd like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, Tararabit. Listen, listen.